Let's open our Bibles tonight. Hallelujah. To John chapter 8, 28 and the 29th verse. John chapter 8, verse 28 and the 29th verse. Somebody read it for me, please. John chapter 8, 28 and the 29th. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you know that I am He and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Amen. Hallelujah. If you want to title this word, title it The Pleasing Life. Hallelujah. How many of you want to live a life pleasing to God? Amen. Only a few people. Praise the Lord. John chapter 8, verses 28 onwards, tells us how to live a pleasing life. How to please him. Amen. The Bible says they understood not that he spoke to them about the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, verse 28, When you have lifted the Son of Man, you shall know that I am he, that I do nothing for myself. For as my Father had taught me, I speak these things. And he sent me, is with me, and the Father has not left me alone. For I do those things that pleases him. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How to please him? Number one thing is to lift up the name of Jesus. Wherever you are today, Lift up the name of Jesus. Keep lifting him up. We come to church, we lift him up. Not lift our problems. Lift us, Jesus up. Not what people said. Lift people, lift Jesus up. Praise the Lord. John 29th verse says, 829 says, He has not left me alone, but I've done the very things that pleases him. How to please him? How to start pleasing him? Start lifting up the name of Jesus. Simple. It's a simple word this morning. Hallelujah. Bible says in John 12, 32, lift the name of Jesus, lift him up and he will draw all men unto thee. In other words, he says the say, sinners will become saints when you lift up the name. He will draw people unto the Lord. The sinners will become saints. Hallelujah. Jesus was called the friend of sinners. Amen. How did the sinners become saints? When Jesus came into their lives. Jesus came into their situation. Sinner came, become saint. When the name of Jesus is lifted up, he draw all men unto thee. You want to see the sinners in Bangalore getting saved? Praise the Lord. Your attitude won't change them. Your Bible knowledge won't change them. Your WhatsApp statuses won't change them. You lift up Jesus Christ and they will be saved. Your parents you want to save. Your brother-in-law you want to save. What will you do? Lift up Jesus. He's the magnetic power. He has a magnetic presence to draw people unto himself. When you lift up Jesus at the spot where you are, at the business where you are, at the job where you are, lift up Jesus. And the church where you are, what does our songs do? Lift up Jesus. Not the perfection and the beauty of the songs come first, but the fact that the Jesus is lifted up. How as a parent will you do? Lift up Jesus in your child's life. What will you do in the church? Start lifting up Jesus. Praise the Lord. How, how, do, how to start pleasing Him? Lift up Jesus. He said, I will draw all men unto thee. Bible says in Numbers chapter 21 and verse 8, when people sinned, spoke against Moses, spoke against God, and the Bible says a serpent came, and the, immediately the people started dying out of plague, out of sickness, and the Lord said, Moses cried out to God, and the Lord said, lift up the serpent, lift up the serpent. Serpent is a, 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 a sign of Jesus becoming sin for you. He took your sin on your behalf. Lift up the serpent, fiery serpent. Speaking about the judgment of God upon Jesus on your behalf. And the Bible says, everybody who looked onto that serpent, 
that was put in the pole when Jesus was lifted up, the Bible says sickness was replaced by health. Oh, glory to God. When you lift up Jesus, sickness will be replaced by health. So many people, I don't see financial blessings flowing. You know why? Because they are speaking too much of their poverty and how small they were and how God could not bless them and how magnificent they were and the cross. No word of the cross. So years have passed by. The people who have lifted up Jesus and what he has done, prospered. Poverty has been replaced by prosperity. Sickness has been replaced by health. Curses have been replaced by blessing because Jesus was lifted up. Ice was on him. And everybody who looked at Jesus, they lived life flowing. Praise the Lord. Oh, come on church tonight. I'm telling you in John 3 and the 15th verses, just as the serpent was lifted up, so shall the Son of Man shall be lifted up. Speaking about the cross and the triumphant cross, it's not a failed cross. It's a triumphant cross. When you lift up Jesus, you live. Amen. Oh, come Hallelujah. on church. Hallelujah. Again, the Bible says in John chapter 151, the Bible declares about telling Nathaniel, you will see greater things. You will see Jesus Christ lifted up and angels of God ascending and descending. When Jesus Christ is lifted up, Jesus was explaining the Jacob's ladder. When Jacob saw in Genesis 27 chapter, when Jacob saw a ladder, praise God, and angels of God ascending and descending, praise the Lord. Again, when Jesus is lifted up, praise the Lord. You together will be lifted up. You will have a high life. Praise the Lord. You will have a high life. And not only, really, it's a ladder. Cross is a ladder. Cross is not climbing down. Cross is climbing up. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All things shall be added. When you lift up the cross, you also will lift up. When you lift up Jesus, he lifts you up too. Oh, come on church. If you're always seeing down, if you're always on valley, if you're always on depression, if you're always on complaint, let me tell you the reason. You are lifting you up. You're not lifting the cross up. If you're not seeing your miracle for 15, 20 years, I want you to check yourself and see whether you're lifting up Jesus. Because he said, when you lift up Jesus, the angels of God will ascend and descend. Your problems will become solutions. Oh. Your problems will become solutions when you lift up Jesus. You start living a life pleasing. How to please him? Lift up Jesus. Praise the Lord. Are you with me, church? Tonight, our passion of this church should be lifting up Jesus. Petra Church should be lifting up Jesus. Your problems will become solutions when you lift up Jesus. Not to lift up Petra, but to lift the name, which the reason is to lift up Jesus. Hallelujah. Again, I come back. Then Jesus said unto him, When you have lifted the Son of Man, they should know that I am he, that I do nothing of myself. As my Father has taught me, I speak these things. How to please, have a pleasing life. Number two, you need to be taught by the Father. Amen. As the Father has taught me, I speak things. We are hearing about the Father last, two week, last week. What does when you come before the Father? He teaches you. He teaches you to live a joyful life. He'll set you up. He will teach you to live a life pleasing to Him. He will teach you to live a life that is right. Praise the Lord. In Luke chapter 15, there was two sons. I want you to check which son are you. Luke chapter 15 and the 31st verse. I want you to say, Luke chapter 15 and the 31st verse. I want you to read somebody. My son, the father said, 
You're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Amen. Father is speaking to the oldest son and he's saying, son, you are always with me. The Greek word that is used for the oldest son is a word called technon, which means child. He is saying, and he said to him, child, you are always with me. Isn't it amazing? He says, you are always there with me, but I could not give you everything that you needed, indicating a lack of ability to fully walk in his blessings, in his inheritance, because he's still a child. All that I have is yours, but I can't give it to you, because you're still a child. My Mercedes-Benz is mine. It's yours, but I can't give it to you, because Joseph, you are eight years old. You're not old enough to drive the car, but it's yours. Oh, come on, church. Hallelujah. There are so many things. God wants to give it to you. Abraham, praise God. That bike is yours, but you can't drive it because you're not old enough. You don't have a license. That doesn't mean it's not yours. He's looking at the old son and saying, you're tekon. You're a little child. Though you are in my house, you're tekon. I have so many things that is with me. I want you to enjoy it, but I can't give it to you. I can't give you that business. You are a style that cannot handle it. Praise the Lord. You are still a child. Why? Why? Because he was so self-centered. He said, what did he say? He said, Luke 15. If you have a Bible, it's good. Some of us say the same thing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Verse 29, he answering said to his father, Lo, this many years I do serve thee, neither transgressed at my command, transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. See, he's saying how self-righteous he is. He's lying. How I've not broken a commandment. He just broke one of not honoring the father and stepping outside the house and not coming and honoring the father. He just broke a commandment and he's lying. Children lie. Praise the Lord. That's why, praise the Lord. Children lie. Self-righteousness. Oh, I've obeyed all your commandments. Praise the Lord. And says, thou never giveth me a goat, a small goat, that I make merry with his friends. He is telling, he is telling how good he is. You are a child. You mature when you tell how good the father is. Praise the Lord. And the Bible is saying, but as soon as thy son has come, who had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed him from the fatted calf. The Bible scholar says he is condemning the younger son. Anybody who judge other people of something wrong is guilty of the same sin. Praise the Lord. So the Bible scholar says he was condemning somebody else of his sin because he himself had gone to harlots and have sinned. That's why he is putting the blame on somebody else. He's condemning somebody of the same sin. Oh, come on, church. Condemn people will condemn others. Have you ever seen? A giver blaming your giving. It's always a miser who blames your giving. It's always a miser. You're, you're preaching prosperity gospel. It's always a miser who says that, who never wants to give. Hallelujah. Because one who understands a person, one struggle and knows that I need father's providence will never condemn the next minute somebody else. You'll be compassionate. Hallelujah. 
when somebody comes to me and says, oh, my husband has unclean thoughts, unclean thoughts. 15 times says, I, I know who has that real unclean thoughts. Are you with me, church? But look at him. Look at him. Father says, all that I have is yours, but I could not give it to you because you're not old enough. Because he was too performance conscious. He was not father conscious. He was not grace conscious. He was too performance, self-conscious. I did this and I did that. My brother, it's time to stop and say, I did this and I did that. You're still a child. You have to say like Paul, all that I have is because of his mercy. I am what I am by the grace of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The grace of God should convince you. Father should convince you. It's not you. It's him. But look at, look at the other boy. Verse 24, 15 chapter 24, the other son. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to marry. Now this second son just came. Lost everything in harlotry and in bad living. He lied. He had a bad living. He lost everything. But when he came, looking at the father and his righteousness and his ownership and his grace and his word, he said, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. Treat me like a servant. But father called him son. And the Greek word is fully grown son. Oh, praise the Lord. What am I trying to tell you? You are fully grown when you are conscious of the Father. When you are fully grown, when you know that it's not by might, no by power, but by my spirit. When you are fully grown, when you know it's not my hard work, but His power in me. It is not I who set up that job. It is He who set me up and called me up. When you know that it is His grace and His strength, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Those, they are called the full grown son. Even when you live a holy life, Know that it is your, his power working in you. He works to his will and to his good pleasure. He was father conscious. Entire Luke 15, you, tell, you think that it is about two sons. But I tell me it is about one father. That word is used as fully grown son with privileges. You have the privilege. Ah, when you are father conscious. You have the privilege. His privilege is giving as a hallelujah grace. Man. Though the son has wasted everything, when the father consciousness came, he said, I can trust you. He trusts you. Oh, my brother. Whatever you're going through this morning, I don't know. This evening, be father conscious. Get back to the source. The source has all your answers. The source will not leave you nor forsake you. The source is powerful. He is generous. He can lift you up from any trouble. He can put you back your life in one second in order. As if nothing has ever happened. Isn't it amazing? I told you you're in a fresh season. A season that you know nothing has ever happened. Oh my God, safe and sound. I thought I lost everything. I'm safe and sound. My God, nothing. Nothing has ever happened. Wow. Amen. He will teach you how to follow him every step. He will teach you to do things that pleases him. He will teach you to make prayers and to say things that pleases him. That's what Jesus said. All that the, I don't do anything of myself. Every decision I ask Father. And every decision, whatever Father tells me, I do it. That's why it's not left me alone. I remember years back, almost 20 years, 18 years, 17 years back, Pastor first went to Bahrain, sent by the Lord, sent by the Holy Spirit to minister there. First time, three days convention. First day, the time has come. Team and the pastor and team are ready, standing on the stage. 
and not a one soul in the church. Not a one soul in the auditorium. Some of the ministers, the first day, one or two people came. The second day, pastors, brothers, father-in-law is sitting there. He, that time, he's, now he's a believer. That time, he's not a believer. First time coming for a meeting. And suddenly looking, only he and his wife were there. <laughs> a full team has gone from Kochi. The pastor cried out and prayed. Lord, did I come by myself? Everything looked like you sent. That evening, one of those men of God in that city, Pastor Sunny, after Pastor when uh, Pastor sent me to Bahrain that time, I also had the privilege to minister in his church. Pastor Sunny was there, sitting there. God spoke to Pastor Sunny. He was in Bahrain for so many, 10, 15 years by that time. He was a pastor of Church of Philadelphia in Bahrain. God spoke to him and he began to move. He started telling every person he knew. And, and, and there was, at the end of the second day's worship, there was the presence of God came down. Praise the Lord. And the third day, praise the Lord. The third day, the hall was full. Praise the Lord. What am I trying to tell you? Glory to God. Father has not left you alone. If you do things that are pleasing to me, saying, when you do things that I've told you to do, I've not left you alone. Praise God. Times that you will think, hallelujah, praise God. Something is wrong. But the end, hallelujah, you will know the manifested presence of God. You will know I've not left you alone. Why do I remember that? That's the time he preached the scripture. And it is lying in my heart ever since. He's not left me alone because I've done the very things that pleased him. And how do you know that? The result was after that crusade, a church was built there. Many men of God went and ministered there. Hallelujah. Your pastor was one of them for the privilege. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus said, whatever he tells, whatever I learn from him, I do it. Praise God. That's a pleasing life. Amen. Then you'll always be far. Jesus was father conscious. Because he was father conscious, his ears were always tuned to the father. His heart and his mind and his eyes were tuned. Whatever he, he always saw what he did. Praise God. I want to minister to you at least seven things from the Bible that are pleasing to him. To live a pleasing life. Number one, Numbers 24, 1 to 3. Numbers 24, 1 to 3. Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the God to bless Israel, he did not resort to divination as at other times but turned his face towards the wilderness. When Balaam looked out and saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe, the Spirit of God came on him, and he spoke this message. Amen. He spoke this message. He came to curse Israel, but he saw that it pleased God to bless God's people. Number one, if you want to please him, you're pleasing life. Number one, have a blessing mindset. Look at somebody and say, have a blessing mindset. You need to always have a blessing mindset. Balaam, inspired by Balak, came to curse Israel. But he understood it. Please God to bless God's people. Never put the brothers and sisters down. Oh, come on church. Life, keep it simple. If you have something against your brother and sister, go speak to him directly. Get it sorted out. Move on. Never put them down behind their eyes. Behind their ears. We need to have a blessing mindset. You and I need to have a blessing mindset. James chapter 3, 10 to 12. What does it say? James chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. James chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. Out, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, which should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Amen. We need to have a blessing mindset. He is saying... If you have a blessing mindset, can you bless God? The previous verse says, can you bless God and curse the neighbor? 
Can you come to church and bless God and go back and curse your neighbor? That's what verse 9 says. Hallelujah. How can you bless God and with the same tongue bless, curse your neighbor? If you are sitting at the Father's feet and looking through the Father's eyes, you will stir up an anointing inside of you to bless people. The gift of God. Bible says stir up the gift of God. What will you do when your gift of God is stirred? You will bless people. Number six, the priests, the first thing they did was to bless people. Paul, when he started writing his epistle, he blessed people. When he closed the epistle, he blessed people. Can the same can, can the same water, cistern, huh? what is it? Spring, bring forth both salt water and fresh water. You are supposed to freshen people with your word. It's pleasing to God. A blessing mindset. Bless God. Also bless your neighbor. Bless your father. Bless your son. Bless your wife. Bless your church. Bless your pastor. Bless God of water. You cannot bless somebody at once and can curse on the next minute. That brings you. That means you are not partaking from the spring of life. The spring of the Holy Spirit. You are not speaking under the grace of God. You are not father conscious. The oldest son. On one side he is saying, I've been with you, Father. On the other side he's putting your sworn brother down. It can't happen. It can't happen. Something is desperately not understood. It can't happen. God's grace will make you bless God and bless your neighbor. Hallelujah. Bible says love fulfills the law. When you are walking in God's grace, on one side you cannot come and bless God. And on the other side you cannot commit adultery. It can't happen. Because love your wife. If you're blessing God, you will go back and love your wife. You won't curse your wife. You won't do things that curses your family. Love fulfills the law. Bible says thou shalt not steal. But when love comes in, hallelujah, you cannot come here to church and bless people. And then you cannot be a stealer. You will be a giver. Because love fulfills the law. You'll give more. Not only you would not steal, you give to God. Bible says thou shalt not lie. But when you are under the grace of God, when you flow in the love of God, when you are father conscious, devil is the father of all lies. Jesus, God is the father of all truth. You cannot lie. You speak truth because you are father conscious. You will not, thou shalt not bow before any idolatry. Idols are in the image of idols. When you are father conscious, love fulfills the law. You will not bow down because it is people who have an orphan spirit that bows down. People who have a spirit of the father calls above father. They are father conscious. They won't bow down to idols. They will flee from idolatry. Hallelujah. You have a blessing mindset. In the same way, when you are under the grace of God, you cannot curse, bless the father on the other side and come to church and behind the back curse somebody else. If you bless God, you will bless your neighbor. Oh, come on, church, somebody. Are you learning something tonight? That's pleasing to God. Even the one who came to curse could not curse. Now, let me ask you a logical question. If he come to curse, Balaam, the prophet, is a prophet. He knew there would be some reason, some weaknesses in them that he could bring it out to curse them. It is because they have a fault he's coming to show it. See, see, see. It's because they were a reason. A legitimate reason. The Bible says they had done many faults. They have complained. They have murmured. But Bible says in Numbers, God had not observed iniquity in Jacob. Praise the Lord. God has not observed iniquity in Jacob. So Balaam could not curse. Because God did not see that curse. Because they were under the blood of Jesus. In the same way, when you come 
and look at see people's weaknesses you are not supposed to judge them because god doesn't judge them god sees the same blood that washed you on them too oh come on church amen amen so what do you do although they are entitled legitimately have done something wrong and they should have been cursed so should you be cursed but because god did not curse you he blessed you you also say i'll have a blessing mindset i bless them too i cover them too i pray for them too i bless them too i will not put them down i bless them i will love them i make a prayer even though they're doing a mess they're still under a mess i will pray they come under the blood that they will walk in the blessing just as i am walking if you and i could not bless them and cover them who will bible says who you have forgiven i forgiven speaks about authority when you start blessing them they loses their negative power hallelujah anointed eyes see into the best of people not into the worst of people you start blessing people the negative spirit leaves them when you stop speaking the negative side it loses its power not only over them over your own life because you have a blessing mindset that atmosphere of where you are the blessing of god is attracted because you are shun off the negative your relationship become blessed your future become blessed you're creating an atmosphere people who come under that atmosphere the negativity will be broken off oh come on church tonight having a blessing mindset do they have faults yes they have do they need to change yes they need to you will 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 your prayer stop them from not experiencing consequences of their sin might not if they still continue in sin they will have consequences that's why together with all this negativity they are in why should your negativity also go you become positive you bless them whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven whatever you you loose on earth is loose in heaven you are binding that sin you are binding the plans of the enemy you are binding that sin they are in you are binding the depression you are binding that heaviness you are saying you are blessed son somebody is needed to bless people we need to have a blessing mindset should i speak the truth to them yes with a blessing mindset oh come on should i correct them yes with a blessing mindset not to put them down to bless them that's why bible says speak the truth in love i'm not saying to overlook a sin tolerate a sin i love a sin no i love a wrongdoing i love an error no with a blessing mindset you correct people are you getting something church ego is just opposite to it you correct in ego why there are so many differences in husbands and wives simple you correct in ego even spiritual things you teach in ego i am right you are wrong eli was blind the bible says the sign of blindness is when you stop blessing people eli never blessed god's people because he was blind you know why you are not able to bless people you are blind sometimes you think that you are open because you come on a sunday and bless god no you can still be blind if you're not blessing people you cannot curse people you cannot be half blind you can be half blind but god's word will make you fully seeing but the person who is half blind no is half blind but the one the problem with the one who is half blind and think that he can fully see he will get back to full blindness eli was blind he stopped blessing the people the sign of sight is when you can bless your enemies even your enemies it's a sign of sight when they least deserve it you bless them it's a sign of sight the sign of sight is you are bold to bless those who persecute you it's a sign of sight sign of sight is seeing the beam in your eye first rather than seeing a mole in somebody else's eye sign of blindness is you forget to see the beam in your eyes and you see suddenly somebody's mole can you imagine 
Ailey the priest or Eli the priest putting a woman of prayer down. See, he should have been. It took her to tell him a prophet of God should not have to be informed. It took an ordinary below believer to inform him that he was praying for him to bless. Oh, come on. He became so blind. He's putting the one who is praying her heart out. He's putting her down. You're a drunk woman. It's a sign of blindness. You will not even recognize the real people. Oh, come on. I pray tonight in the blood name of Jesus. You will recognize real people. God has sent across to your life and to our church and to our families. In the blood name of Jesus, you will not discount them from your lives. She was a God-sent woman with a God-sent burden to bring out a Samuel for the house of God. The entire nation was blessed from a spiritual, physical, financial, all kind of famine because of this woman. Wow! And here is the prophet of God cursing her, putting her down. What will you learn from this? When you are moving out of God's grace or when you are blinded to God's grace over your own life, you curse people also. When you are blinded, Eli was blinded to God's grace over his own life. So he could not see God's grace over Hannah. When you are blinded to God's grace, you will not be able to see God's grace in somebody else. Come on church tonight. I pray that Bible says Barnabas saw the grace of God. Grace of God was visible. Today we need to see the grace that is on your wife. Grace that is on your husband. Grace that is seen on the person sitting next to you. Grace that God is going to give the backslider. Grace, grace, grace. God is going to send it by every person's life. If you are open to God's grace in your life, you will also be open to God's grace in somebody else's life. That's why Barnabas was a man of encouragement. Because he saw the grace of God in his own life. He encouraged a something, a terrorist Paul, a persecutor Paul. Who was Saul, but but he saw the grace of God upon that man, and that changed him to believe, oh, I can become Paul, the greatest apostle. Come, somebody, the Bangalore city needs your eyes. They need you to see the grace of God. Even when they are down and out, somebody to tell them, God's grace can lift you up. He can bring you out from the miry clay and put you on the rock to stay with the conviction that of the grace that you and of the Father that God has given you, you should impart it to somebody else. People already know they are in the deepest mess. They don't need you also to tell them what they already know. They need hope. They need a savior. They need the salvation. Sometimes you have to, just as you heard, you have to endure. God will bring us through. Loving people also, you have to endure. Sometimes you have to be patient. Nine years, ten years, we will win. A blessing mindset. Everybody say, blessing mindset. Did you get this church? Did you get this church? That's why Bible says, judge not and you shall not be judged. Why? Because outside of God's grace, you judge other people. What happens when you judge other people? Even your problems look bigger than it is. Haven't you noticed? Your problems looks bigger than it is because you made somebody else's problem. You should have made it look less under God's grace than it is. When you make it bigger than God thinks it is, watch. Because you are blinded. Amen. To the merciful God said, I'll show mercy. When you saw, my God, it's okay. It's okay, brother. It's okay. And somebody who is about to kill you will also say, it's okay. Praise God. You... Give mercy to one person. You will be surrounded with people who shows you mercy. You don't show, show mercy to your wife. You will have a boss who does not show you mercy. And you will have inky, pinky, ponky, everybody. You name it, it's a problem. You give mercy to your wife. Boss is giving me mercy. 
എടാ ആ പ്രൊമോഷൻ നീ എടുത്തോടാ അല്ല വേണ്ട വേണ്ട നീ എടുക്കണം നീ കമ്പനിയിൽ നിന്ന് പോകല്ലേ നിങ്ങൾക്ക് എന്ത് വേണം ഞാൻ തന്നേക്കാം Bible says mercy triumphs over judgment. Don't judge other people when you have seen God's mercy. When you have seen experience God's grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A blindness will come over your life tonight. I pray the spirit of blindness will be removed in the name of Jesus. We receive the forgiveness of God and we give other people forgiveness of God. We receive the forgiveness through the blood of Jesus and we give forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. We receive hallelujah a thought that is pleasing to God and we share that thought that is pleasing to God. You fish somebody else's mistake, somebody will also come to fish. And you will become a fisher of men, not a fisher of mistakes. Meem pidutakkar, manisha pidutakkar naakunna, prasna pidutakkar naalla. Ah, praise Allah. the lack of time if you want to live a life pleasing to god number 3 1 kings chapter 3 verses 9 to 10 prabhakash therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that i may discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people of yours the speech pleased the lord that solomon had asked this king has this thing how do you live a life pleasing to god making unselfish prayers God asked Solomon what do you want he could have said long life riches honor wealth he said i want wisdom and understanding heart heart that can lead your people that can rule your people he made an unselfish prayer it was not just for himself but for the kingdom benefit for the people benefit and the bible says in verse 10 this speech pleased the lord that solomon asked this thing will our prayer please god make prayers that blesses god make prayers that blesses god's strength make prayers that make god's happy make prayers which makes god to step on your problem come on church i've always seen an unselfish prayer answer i've never seen a selfish prayer answer look at somebody and say make unselfish prayers tonight from this day on it's a new season it's a new season to make unselfish prayers You know one of the most unselfish prayer I want you to go and do it go home and say change me rather than say change my wife is the most unselfish prayer God will answer the Lord Billy Graham's wife Ruth Graham said it is God's duty to change Billy not mine God's thing to change him look at 1 Kings 19:4 a man who made unselfish prayer that ever pleased God 1 Kings chapter 19:4 what are the four things he said with the lack of time i am not reading it out you can open it and keep it if i need it he said i might die elijah was depressed by jezebel's voice out of fear he came under a juniper tree a broom tree in the wilderness journeyed for a day and what did he pray most unselfish prayer lord i might die prayers contrary to scriptures are not godly prayers prayers irresponsible prayers when you have a ministry when you have a church when you have a prophetic office when you have a children and you said i'll die one of the workers in my estate a hindu one doctor said one olden i mean he was not even a doctor one of those old ayurvedic tantris of i think before who was born before the medicines was invented he said to him you have a brain disease that you're going to become mad and you're going to lose yourself and you never become well again just 40 years old A young wife came along with him it was a love marriage and she left his family came to him 
two young children he heard this voice when the next day morning took a rope and hanged himself down what an unselfish life i mean what a selfish life just dying here is a man god has chosen from 7000 people to represent him and he said i'll die just because of one woman come on church you are better than that i am better than that just because of a setback praise god don't forget how god has chosen you and set you apart for the glory of his name just because you heard a voice don't say i will die say i will live and proclaim the deeds of god as a matter of fact don't speak about any debts number 2 he said it is enough what an unselfish prayer i mean selfish prayer enough of ministry enough of marriage enough of my parents you know pastor enough with you selfish prayer if god would have said enough hallelujah never say that word enough ask the lord to cleanse your tongue tonight hallelujah say lord i will go an extra mile for you lord if you haven't called me lord if i would have lost out if i would not i believe that i shall see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living every day morning there might be things that faint you there might be things discourage you there might be thing things that makes you sorrowful but say lord i believe that i shall see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living the one who promised me is faithful he will do it hallelujah his promises are yes and amen in christ jesus though the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed but your steadfast love shall not depart from me if i live i live for jesus if i die i die for jesus but i will not say it is enough Number 3 he said i am not better than my fathers in other words my father had these problems i too as i'm a father's child father has father was a father in the mid 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 40s he had some weaknesses i also see it in me i'm not better than don't say that you have to say i'm the righteousness of god i'm chosen by god i'm set apart unto god the righteous seed a holy seed is inside of me i will live holy unto god it is not your father's seed it is the king of kings and the lord of lords his seed is inside of you don't equate yourself with the fathers your fathers died the day you were born again old has gone and the new has come your fathers weaknesses does not have power over your life you have fathers your forefathers name is abraham isaac and jacob not jacob and thomas and matthew that is your earthly forefathers forget them they have to die in your life oh, only then abrahams will rise up god's covenant will rise up don't equate them i'm not better than my fathers i'm becoming bald because my daddy did not have i will never say that praise god my daddy believed in a plane when there was no plane he brought the plane to the runway but when god called me he did not call me to stay in the runway He asked me to take off. Praise the Lord. Are you thankful for your parents? Yes, I am thankful. They gave me a plane. There are things that I never thought I will have it. I have it because of my parents, forefathers. I thank for the things God gave it through them. But I am not going to sit on that plane. They sat on that plane. That was their call. For my call is to take that plane and take off. that is the difference what i'm saying tonight amen praise god don't say that because my father did not know how to drive i do i'm not going to write don't say that let every stronghold over your mind be pulled down every argument cease in the blood name of jesus tonight number 4 he said in verse 16 hallelujah 1 kings chapter 19 uh uh 1 kings chapter 18 sorry 1 kings chapter 8 18 
make plans to praise God in smaller way, bigger ways, personal way, corporate ways. I mean, nothing more to that. This Friday, I'm so happy that you made plans. There were rains, there were traffic. You made plans to praise God. God is pleased. Amen. Number two, verse 16. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. Do not do, do not forget to do good. Do not forget to communicate. Fellowship is the original translation in KJV. Do not forget to communicate and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Amen. Everybody say, do not forget to do good. James 4.17 says, when you know what is right, and when you have the ability to do it, and you don't do it, it is a sin. James 4.17 says, when you know what is right, and when you have the ability to do it, and when you have the grace to do it, and you don't do it, it's a sin. Jesus, Bible says, of God anointed of Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost power. What did he do? He went about doing good. When God has called you, you know you're set apart, you do good. Amen. Are you with me? When you do good, hallelujah. Romans 16, Bible says, be excellent in what is good. Be innocent in evil. And what happens? The God of peace will soon crush the devil under your feet. When you do good, it crushes the devil. When you are wise in doing good, it crushes the devil. When you do good, like father does good. Why father does good? It crushes the oppression of the devil. Why do you do good? It crushes the oppression of the devil. Come on church tonight. When the Lord tell you to do good, it breaks the devil down. That word crush in peace comes from the word bruise the enemy. Santribo. It's called the Greek word santribo. A santribo moment. It means crush the enemy in pieces. Utterly defeat the enemy. Bring him to helplessness. Amen. When you do what is good, and when you are innocent evil, when you do, when God has given the power to do, when you obey God, when he has given you the ability to do it, it makes the devil helpless. Your obedience makes the devil helpless. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Obeying and doing good. Obeying and instructions. Wisdom to do good. Hallelujah. When you obey him, it makes the devil helpless. It tear him into pieces. It destroys and defeats his plan. Amen. Because you are fulfilling what God has told you to do. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When God has told you to do good, then Father, what Jesus said, my, what my Father does, I do. Why does he do? Because you're doing decreases the devil. You're doing tells the devil, my father is greater than you. It paralyzes the devil. Tonight, let every spirit of disobedience leave our lives. Anybody who knows the father, the Bible says these sacrifices are pleasing to God, which means it doesn't please the devil. It doesn't, we don't think that do pleases the devil. We do things that pleases God. It paralyzes the devil. We give you praise. Tonight, whatever God has told you to do, I want to tell you, Be father, father, a sundry moment where you see the plans of the enemy broken under your feet. The enemy is up because you did to do what the father told you to do. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We give you praise tonight.